Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of Film Sack. Yeah, that's right, a 30 or 35 minute or so look at uh, parts of film that we don't normally talk about on the show. We got some people out of town, so we're doing this special episode for you in lieu of the normal. But don't worry, we'll be back with a film next week. I'm uh, Scott Johnson here with Brian, Brian, and Randy. Hello. Hello. Oh, hi. Welcome Hello. back. Uh, it's a Hello. Zip. Are we back already? I Sweet. know. Weird. Wow. Yeah. It's a. It's almost like we just recorded a whole other episode and then just did this. I was going to say, yeah. it feels like just minutes ago we were talking about Underworld. Yeah, weird. <laughs> weird. Underworld. Oh, Underworld. Is, <laughs> Underworld, which is 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. If you love that, if you love that movie, yeah. Yeah. you might yeah, have yeah. a guilty pleasure on your hands. You might. Perfect. It's a 7. I noticed a 7 out of 10 on uh, IMDb, which is a little more. But that's more indicative. Of, that's like user reviews and stuff, right? Like that's not like critics. Critics are yeah. Who likes the user reviews? That's I like critics. Nice. I like critical reviews, but I also like people reviews, and then I really like film sack takes. That's what I like the most. Okay. All and right. today we're gonna do a whole discussion around guilty pleasure films, films that we see, even though we we may even know they're terrible, like straight up bad. You could never defend it in court. Like, this is a bad movie, but I watch it because it means something to me. It meant something to me as a kid or even now or whatever it may be. Um, but do also, to, yeah, go you ahead. Have to truly feel, you have to truly feel guilty. I think it's called a guilty pleasure. How about this? Think, Let's give, I'll give you a lighter definition of the guilt, right? Okay, go. So uh, obviously you're watching something that more than half of people don't like. That's the that's the whole point of this topic, right? Right. So like, you're not prideful of it that you watched it. Right. It's like, oh, guess but, what I watched? Nobody yeah. wants but to hear it. The, where yeah. the guilt comes in is that since more than half of people that you might approach don't like the thing, mm-hmm. you can't just say, hey, come watch this movie I like with me because it's likely that the person you're talking to is not going to like it. So, And you know that. You know right. they're not going to like it because more than half of people don't like but do you, but do you Okay, but let's take an example like this one. I really like Con Air, and most of the people I know like Con Air. But I don't think any of us are claiming Con Air is mm-hmm. amazing or it's deserves Oscars movie. or anything yeah. like that. It's just 
Conair is a great escape and a dumb time. And right, so, yeah. so I feel like there's also that definition where more than 50% of people can like it, but we all, yeah. we all are in on the joke. We all know that it's kind of stupid. Yeah. I, acknowledging I, that it's, that it's bad. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think Conair uh, drives enough guilt then. I, I'm going to, I'm going to say you rule it out. Like it's 58% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, yeah. the first movie I looked up was major league because I've seen it a hundred times and it's 83% on rotten tomatoes. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> well, I guess that's not, there's no guilt there. Oh, that's well. just a legitimately <laughs> fine film. But should, yeah. yeah. That's, and that's the thing. I mean, should you feel guilty for just liking the thing you like, even if majority of your friends and majority of the people, you know, don't, right. you don't think yeah, this, they like it. This is where I was going to go with it. Cause I'm like, yeah. you guys do know what my favorite movies are, right? They're all, Crap! I love crap movies, and minority I don't have report, any guilt. Right? Yeah, no, you love guilt. Minority Report. You're a huge fan, <laughs> and uh, no guilt whatsoever for watching crap. I'll watch it, and you can't make me feel guilty. I love yeah. that I like crap. Well, give movies. me throw out. An, let's get an example out there to bounce around. What's yeah. a movie? All right, so let's. I'll say a movie that when I say it, people go, "Oh no, no, thank you. I want to watch that shit." <laughs> yeah. I love. Well, one thing that we talked about recently, but I've found that more people like it than I thought, and that's Prometheus. I love that. That's a guilty pleasure for me. I don't usually like bring it up in conversation because some I usually get feedback. It's like, oh, I hate that movie. Yeah, so I don't, I I'm with you it. a thousand percent on that. I don't understand the hate. I actually really like it, but I also know that it's not what people thought they were supposed to get. And I think that's the big right, hang yeah. up with that movie. And it's and it's at seventy three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So I would say it's just a good movie. Is that like a, I think it's a good movie, and maybe I just misread it. Now I will tell you, this is the real guilty pleasure that you may not know about me, and most people have. D- dislike for it return to oz the 1985 oh, film the, uh, uh with yeah, vicky valancourt uh, uh fruza balk where, yeah, where dorothy balk. returns uh to oz after uh after uh, okay so she re- she returns at the end of wizard of oz yeah and uh, she's had some mental problems so they so uh aunt m ships her off and she's gonna have some electric uh, electrical shock and so she escapes and she escapes back to Oz and things are in disarray. And I love that movie for just how all the deep subjects it approaches because yeah. it was supposed to be it's kind of a kid. It's supposed to be a kid's movie. You expect to be a kid's movie, but it deals with a lot of serious things that kids can understand. Yeah. But so I, I find that movie exceptionally uh, enjoyable, but I find that I usually can't talk to anybody about it because it's not like labyrinth where people can go oh, yeah i love the labyrinth can i like nobody can wants I sh- to hear it. can i yeah. share a couple of casting notes about this film i've never seen sure. it and i and i think yeah. you're on the right track in terms of what the definition of of these movies are but this movie as you mentioned feruza balk or however you say her name uh right. piper laurie's in it she plays auntie m but my mm-hmm. my big surprise fun here is tim rose is yes. that he he's admiral akbar in the story. yeah akbar is in here and he's playing tiktok which is an amazing i love the character designs oh in this movie. yeah uh, TikTok is this kind of more somber character, and he's got he's he's wound up. He's a robot, uh, right? He's a robot. Yeah, he's he's dude. a he's a wind up. Everything's wind yeah. up and steampunk in this because it is based on the book, the follow up book, uh, Frank Baum's follow up book uh, of Return to Oz, and it kind of it's more faithful to the books. I've read the books. I feel like this is a the tone that I felt more like in the books, hmm. and I really like it. And it's kind of the opposite of the more you know, uh, positive original uh, Wizard of Oz is kind of like the opposite of that. So, huh. yeah, there's a lot of things about this movie that 
I like to talk about, but people usually shut me down and go, no, this is weird. I don't like it. <laughs> and just while we're, uh, I'm just going to do this throughout this episode. Return to Oz is 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Um, I think that that is in the range where you can make the case for, uh, you know, like individuals are going to feel guilty, but it's not a, you know, like bona fide, objectively guilty ridden movie. And my example for me of that is Star Trek Insurrection, which is at 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't call it a guilty pleasure just because I can make a case for it and I can sit somebody down and say, I need you to watch this with this in mind and it's really, I enjoy it and they'll enjoy it too. You know, it's not like, it's not, Star Trek Insurrection isn't bad, despite what you've heard. No, it's a good, you know what it is. It's a really good two hour TNG episode, but it just didn't feel like a movie to a lot of people. And I think that threw people off, but it also had wrinkly, stretchy face F. Murray Abraham in it. That's all right. Yes. (laughs) Nothing wrong with him. F. Murray Abraham. He's so good. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, no, that's a good call, Randy, because that movie is, I, I think of that movie as a good episode of Star Trek, but it felt funny to see it in a theater. Yeah. You you probably love it for, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You love it for that reason? Why Why does that one, why is that a infinitely returnable Star Trek experience it, for it you? It moves me, and I feel like this is what Brian Dunaway was just headed, headed toward. Um, he So the the feeling, I don't feel guilt I feel moved. I feel entertained. Mm-hmm. I feel in some some of these they inspire me, or they just they give me a warm feeling that there I can't have any guilt, like real actual guilt. Like I, I don't even know. I, we should probably have talked before the show about coming up with a a better word for the sensation of I can't share this with anybody because they aren't going to like it the way I do. But it's right, you know right. like Star Trek Insurrection like again at at fifty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes it's just there's just enough people out there who are going to get it and enjoy it that I it's not even a really a guilty pleasure at all you know yeah mm-hmm. I wouldn't um, I wouldn't mind seeing it again just to kind of remind myself about what I, I took a. I took a dive as I was looking at my favorite movies to watch over and over. I was like, okay, how low on Rotten Tomatoes can I go? You know? How low? In in a day of, uh, you know, movies streaming, we watch stuff on TV or watch movies on TV. It kind of fits, right? I mean, yeah, it is a TNG episode we watch at home, and now we watch that at home. So it totally fits. How about the the one I – oh, and the name just left me. Oh, Time Bandits is consi- no. by my intentions like I could sit yeah. any time of the day and watch Time Bandits and never feel bad about it but I don't think it, there are very many that's people who are with me on that 90% oh well then once again this is I think this is um well okay so if we look at Rotten Tomato scores even if we look at the audience scores I I think only the people who are going to watch only audience people who are going to be reporting on this movie is going to be people more like us. So, I mean, like Return to Oz, if I walked out the door right now and walked down the street, there's very little chance I would even meet one person who's even seen Return to Oz. Um, Yeah, it'd be rare. I I think the people that are movie lovers, though, I think that's a much higher percentage. Um, I don't know. Well, okay, so, yeah, you're you're, you're basically, we're basically different. You have movies in your history that you've watched more than once, more than twice Mm -hmm. maybe, that you like that are considered bad. 
Surely. But don't no. you think it's like a comfort? So many. I, I'm conf- somebody here I, on the show. Right. <laughs> we should make a distinction between comfort watches and guilty pleasures. And that's when I start to think, well, maybe the difference is you shouldn't, you wouldn't want to tell people you're seeing it all the time. And I don't mean somebody with a weird porn fetish or something. I don't mean like that. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, let's say your favorite movie is Step Up, you know. Oh, you're, now, you're see, not, that would be a guilty. That, that would, I, yeah. I, you wouldn't tell the, anyone that you're into Step Up. Is that a guilty up. pleasure or more of an embarrassment? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, that's my whole I'm point. Is to say I watch this. A little bit. Yeah, while you're watching it, do you say, oh, my God, I, why am I watching this thing? It's so horrible. That's the right. embarrassment. If yeah. you watch, say, I like this movie. Too bad other people don't like it as much as I do. That's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I and, think. and step up, step up is at twenty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's what we're talking about, boys. Nice, yeah. Give, give me that's a good. movie, give me a movie where most people just hate that damn thing, but I'm you're gonna, gonna sit and no, watch it. Well, that's easy. Sucker punch for me. Every time right I say on. sucker punch, oh, people go, yeah. "Oh, that gave me." Well, shut up. <laughs> You don't like music videos? That's fine. Go go do something else. Yeah, yeah. It's a great music video. I love it. That's a good. There's a good call. Twenty-two. Okay, nice and low. And and how many times do you think you've seen it, Brian? Oh God, I own the Blu-ray. Let's see. (laughs) I can't even count the number of times I've seen it. I usually, I usually, whenever I uh, put something up, it's usually like we're going to be Prometheus or Sucker Punch. These are all. These are all movies I play on my 100-inch screen projection TV, and they're all just so fantastic big glorious loud spectacles that are just fun to turn on yeah and, uh, so I, I, I can't even tell how many times i've seen it tons of times how many times have you seen a giant ship shaped like a wheel run over Charlize theron how many times have you seen that <laughs> right i've twice i think i'm not yeah. i'm not scott johnson who are you okay. talking to all right because i like that good, movie. But i like that movie but i have a lot of the same issues with it but i i guess maybe the the thing with uh guilty is you just I don't know. The word guilt is hanging me up. Yeah, guilt is hanging yeah. us up. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know how well, to get okay. around that. All right, take let it me, out of the let equation. Me... Don't feel don't feel guilty. Take it out. Okay. Let me give you, but let me give you a couple of examples <laughs> where the word guilt fits because I have personally talked to you <laughs> and felt that I've felt that somehow. Okay. So only guilty pleasure I can think of is porn. How is that? Is that uh, <laughs> you actually literally feel guilty? There you go. Which is both guilty and pleasure, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah there's a little bit of guilt, uh, a little bit of pleasure. Yeah. I'll throw uh, throw mine out there that won't surprise anybody, and I'll, I'll throw two out there because they Look both out. actually happen to star the the same actor. Uh, won't surprise anyone for me to say Hudson Hawk. Yeah. Uh, uh, still love that film. I don't know why. I like yeah. uh, the the fact that you've got robbers who have come up with with i think a genius way of timing their their stuff with music because that's how i would do it be yes. like oh uh, uh uh stupid girl by garbage uh three minutes 28 <laughs> seconds that's how much time i need to get <laughs> down to the end of the block or something right uh the one that people probably don't know that i also love is uh, also bruce willis's blind date with, oh yeah uh, oh Ken that's Basinger a good one and, yeah uh, yeah john larroquette yeah. yeah, would yeah. you would you put your Hudson Hawk in there or no? What do you mean in in, in, the, in this category? Would you say I, Hud- I said it right before? Oh, I, I, I totally missed Hudson Hawk. How did I miss here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Hudson Hawk. Red on Hudson Hawk. Anyway, yep. <laughs> I, I feel like you have. I feel like you have struck gold. Ibit Hudson Hawk is at thirty one percent. And nice. blind date is at twenty four percent. Ah, and now we're talking. I, <laughs> I also personally, as you were bringing them up, I thought I don't want to watch that. That's 
what right. I thought. I do not want to watch that. Randy's has got to be uh, some Beverly Hills Chihuahua or something crazy. Yeah, give right? us, oh, give us yeah. what. I don't think we've heard one of Randy's. Three, three ninjas yeah. strike back. So, there you <laughs> so I decided to just arbitrarily draw a line at forty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and I, I can, I'm going to go down from here. And yeah. and I'm only I'm only looking for movies that I have seen at least. 10 times like i was trying to really stretch you know into what is the what is the the real the thing that i am by myself on you know what i mean right yeah. and so like uh, at 46 percent is michael mann's uh miami vice oh um i can't get anybody to watch that movie with you know me. what I love it so good much. one good call i like that movie for the same reasons you do i like yeah. that movie a lot um and that's low yeah, tomatoes, really? Yeah, forty six percent, and then wow. at forty five percent, I have fifty first dates, which I oh, am. I'm yeah. I'm sad that it's that low because I really would like for everybody to to the like it. Sandler like I do, film, you know? Was it yeah. the Sandler movie? Or am I thinking yes. something else? Okay, yes, Adam yeah. Sandler and Drew Barrymore, and it's Cheeky's in Hawaii. Forgetting. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I think there are a number of Adam Sandler movies that fall into this category. Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. mean like Happy Gilmore and those that are well thought of. I mean like I like Little Nicky. Pixels. Yeah. Well, I've never seen Pixels. That's probably as bad as everyone said it was. I, I don't know. Well, and so you're on the you're on the plus side, right? So if if you knew someone who loved Pixels, you would be the one providing them with the guilt. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. You would be the guilt giver. The guilt dealer is the, is the kind <laughs> of it. It's like diving way down. Just this week, I watched The Island yet again. It's at 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. Oh, I do like The um, Island, yeah. Uh, you know, Michael Bay is so uh, just particular. Where's our, Where's Armageddon on, on the RT score? Mm, that's a good one. I'm just curious because I, I mean, love Armageddon. It's going to be in the 70s. It might yeah, be higher than higher I think. Anything, yeah. Yeah. I remember the time critics are pretty hard on it, but maybe it right. maybe 38%. Oh, really? Oh, really? That's really low. That counts. And I guess that is a guilty pleasure. For I never sure, thought about it. Yeah. But once again, maybe it, I, I feel like in our group, everybody I know likes Armageddon. So it's like yeah. it's definitely not indicative of what's going on in the, out in the real world. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to believe. I was surprised at the 38% because there's a criterion collection version yeah, of this important. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's got, it's got so much going for it, but it is, uh, it is probably uh, right in the middle of the pack of guilty pleasures where if you, if you just like went to random people, you know, and said, Hey, right. let's watch Armageddon. They'd be like, uh, do we have to? I think of whenever I think of Armageddon, I can't think of. I gotta think of Con Air. So I mean, this is like yeah, there's cut from the same cloth almost. They're just, inextricably linked, basically. Right. Red yeah. on Con, red Con Air light. Is what that's called? Red. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, start with that. But one. no, but yeah. they're in. You're right though. They're in the same. They're in the same category. Like all those mm-hmm. Bruckheimer era things. Um, right. Like yeah. I, I don't think and, the Rock is going to be low on this review. Nah, I think RT is probably good. really high on that. But, mm-hmm. but, but that vibe of late '90s action films, um, I, I sometimes feel a little guilty for liking all of them. Like I'll watch. Yeah, I can't think of one I don't like. I guess is what I'm saying. Even the bad ones. Like uh, I'm trying to think here. Um, what's a what's a bad Bruckheimer? Movie. Can you name one that you've watched, uh, you know, ten times or more? Like, have you watched Twister a bunch? Um, God, last so time I Twister. think it was with you guys. It's been a I've bit, but so but Twister. prior to that, I was watching Twister a lot, and you know, I always think of Speed as infinitely rewatchable. But again, it's not guilty. It's a mm-hmm. yeah. Everybody likes Speed. 
Nobody doesn't like speed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't. Ever like speed? Yeah. You ever heard of speed? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like that era of, uh, I don't know what even to call that. Did we ever have a name for that kind of action that we were getting out of Bruckheimer and Bay and. So both both Twister and The Rock are at sixty three percent and kind of out of the conversation. But let me let me just blow your mind with the current Rotten Tomatoes score for Speed. Blow it, like you would just I I I, I you're going to have to go look this up because you're not going to believe me when I say this. Okay, Speed on RT is at ninety five percent. Oh wow, that's People higher like than I would have expected. Yes, yeah, it's higher than I thought, but I, I'm still not totally shocked. I mean, it's, it feels like an 80, 85. I mean, it's a right. great movie, right? Even that feels yeah. too high for me. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd say I would have predicted 68%. But once again, like I low, think... Low 70s, high 60s, kind of. I, I don't think you have to be a movie lover to have seen Speed. You can just be a casual movie lover mm-hmm. in, like, Speed. I you could just have tickets on a Friday night to see Speed. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. a... If it, that, that felt like a, hey, everybody come see this movie about the bus that can't slow down and everybody got in on it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I sort of I mean, agree with that. Another one I always think of is Jumper. Do you guys remember Jumper? So Oh, yeah, yeah. I do remember Jumper. That's two, that weird uh, time jumper thing, right, where you can uh, Yeah, jump. well, it was more like sp- uh, distance jumping, but it was Hayden Christensen, Samuel yeah. L. Jackson's in it as well, smaller role, but Jamie Bell's in it also. Anyway, hmm. Hayden Christensen's character, um, don't remember his name, could jump anywhere he wanted to anytime. Oh, Michael Rooker's in it. Man, this has got a lot of uh, oh, wow. Disney MCU people in it. But anyway, uh, he could jump to like the top of a pyramid in, in Giza and then immediately be in a Walmart in New York if he wanted right. to. And it felt like an early example of what superhero movies are going to attempt to do. And I think this was even pre-Iron Man and even Dark Knight. Um. But it was cool. It was Doug Lyman who made some or yeah. all of those Born Identity movies. I can't remember how many he did. Uh, Born Identity, I think the first one that was him. Anyway, it was a. It's a movie that nobody thought was good. I don't. I'll, I'm guessing the rating sub fifty. If I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's lower than that. Is it lower than that? Where, where are we at on that one on Jumper? Fifteen percent. Oh my lord! See, and that's and, a movie. And I by enjoy. the way, that's that's going to end up being the second lowest movie that we talk about today because. 50, it's hard to get that low. Like it, you know, so what does it work for it? What does it yeah, say you, about me or, or anyone who says, Ooh, I could watch jumper. Cause that feels like I am, I, I am guilty. I feel guilty saying that now hearing that score. That's horrible. Well, yeah. If you're just score, now you feel guilty. Yeah. That's so low. Like I thought you would yeah. tell me, Oh, it's like 48. No, I think sometimes it's time and place. Um, I feel like a part of this, not all of it, but a part of this is that everyone was poised to hate Hayden Christensen at that time, mm-hmm. and and that drags it down. Yeah, what was up with that? Yeah, I remember we, everybody we hating gave him. him I was a like, lot of shit. I don't know why. Yeah, so much for because he was out of Star Wars now by what a few years. Oh five was the last mm-hmm. uh, prequel, and I think he. I mean, I don't know. I have lots of issues with the prequels, but none of them were that Hayden Christensen wasn't the problem. He was fine. He wasn't the yeah. I mean, he wasn't wasn't great but he wasn't the problem with those movies and no. i think he redeemed himself with the uh the obi-wan stuff he did oh uh, right that was recently. great yeah, yeah that was great he and also then we get these videos of hayden christensen at san diego comic-con and he's getting a standing cheering ovation and he's crying because he's finally you know he found finally his people been, 
approved yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're hard on stuff like that. Like lately, the yeah. the dude that played, uh, or at least the body actor for Jar Jar Binks, is finally getting his due with his cameo in uh, was it Mandalorian this year? I think. Oh yeah, he right. was a Jedi or something. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Ahmed Best, I guess is his name. Anyway, Ahmed Best. Yeah, there we go. I was trying to remember his name. Well done. You see, um, uh, I forget my aunt's name today, and and suddenly I know Ahmed Best jumps out of my brain. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't I don't know how that works, but anyway, he, you know, to see that is really heartening. But at the same time, it makes me mad. I'm like, why do we do this in the first place? Like yeah. Ahmed Best was not your problem. Your problem was how that character was written. Your problem is with George Lucas and a million other decisions. And even if that is a problem, it's a movie. Freaking get over yourself. Um, so part of me thinks we should never feel guilty about any of it. It's like, sure. like shit you like. Yeah, and that's how we are on film Zach though. I mean, we, we're all about the, we have, who cares? Watch it. Yeah. Watch what you yeah. want. Yeah. yeah. We like to, you know, we're, we'll be critical where I think critical is, is required for the show, but it's never like, I hope that guy in what, uh, Underworld, who played Craven, died in a heart and have a heart attack. Like I don't want that for him. I want no, him to no. move on and do whatever he does best. And it's unfunfortunate and, and he was in a movie that didn't movie. best use him. Actually, yeah. So I actually feel like one of the things we're doing on FilmSack is we're looking for the reasons to like something. We're we're mm-hmm. taking something that maybe we've heard is bad, right? Like going into Underworld, you could see clearly that it's not. It's been, it was critically panned, and then. Like, look, let's find the things that we like, you know, it's got great action. It's the, the cinematography is very, you know, intense and, mm-hmm. and interesting. The effects are good uh, and we, all that stuff. Yeah. We do that. And, and I've, I've got a couple of film sack films that I, over the years, I've put all my favorite movies onto film sack and like some of them, I find myself trying to convince the rest of you, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, sure. that you should, that you should like this. And I kind of like, I often fail, like. Uh, the Saint comes up. Uh, I bring it up mm-hmm. regularly because I watch it all the damn time, and I just can't. I, I can't really make a case. It's How, how'd that one do? By the way, me. just in the in the thirty percent, thirty percent. Okay, so that one that is one I would. I am on the side of that movie's not very good, and I know you are very fond of it. I think this fits. This is your definition. Mm-hmm. Right another here. one. Another one. I I quietly put in our list long ago was The Village, uh, M Night Shyamalan's mm. movie. And I love the movie. I've seen it many, many times. It's at 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. That actually, I, I'm okay with that. I don't feel like that's too low. But I can't convince anybody to like that movie. It's just, it's for me and nobody else, I guess. For me included, I hate that movie. But part of the reason I don't, <laughs> I'm a little surprised it's not lower. So this is, I guess this is another example or an illustration of just how different everybody's tastes are, you know? Because yeah. I think, I mean, the, I like M. Night Shyamalan movies. And there's probably somebody out there who thinks The Happening is awesome. I don't know who that person is. But mm, somebody yeah. thinks Wahlberg but somebody does. Do. Yeah, somebody has to. Somebody's like, like, man, I wish movie. Wahlberg would make a sequel. Let's get that going again. But that's yeah. someone ain't us. You know? <laughs> and it's okay. Well, let me give you the lowest rated movie that I could think of uh, that I have watched many, many times and that I love and that no one will go with me on, into and that is uh, Kevin Costner's The Postman. Oh, um, I'm with you, though. I love that movie. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, and and I think the the theme for me, and I'm curious about the rest of you, especially Brian Ibbett, because what you brought up like a couple of movies that really uh, really pushed me. Um, <laughs> uh, the theme for me, Postman is at eight percent on Rotten eight. Tomatoes. Oh my yeah. god! Wow. wow, never seen it. Wow, and, I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting because I know eventually we're going to watch it on film sack, so I haven't seen it either. Just, yeah, like I'm, we, I'm we just need four hours. Myself. We need four hours to watch it, and uh, we're good. <laughs> the, uh, the theme for me on why these are movies that I've watched repeatedly and why I feel the way I do about them is that they are emotional and they all have a touch, certain kind of romance. Um, like even, even a weird movie like The Replacements, you know, the Gene Hackman, Keanu Reeves football movie. Yeah. Mm. A movie like that. There's a there's a romance in there, like a a thing where there's a heroic, <laughs> you know, there's a heroic character, and they're trying to save something f- for somebody, and sometimes like they're kind of falling in love, like the saint, the saint, you know, like there's a love story, but not really, it's kind of there, sure. and then you, you you know you get there in the end, and like there's just these emotional buttons that a movie a movie can push for me and i end up watching the postman i've probably watched it 35 times yeah and wow. like i you know like there's just like there's a moment where you just go, you go up a long long river to the top of a dam and there you are and you meet a famous uh rock singer and it like the music and the shot and everything i'm just like oh it's oh, the so one where good. are you talking about the scene where you meet tom petty and he plays himself yes. yeah 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 yeah. yeah, it's weird. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. have that um, a Mandela effect that they think that the Waterworld has Tom Petty in it, and they've got it wrong. It's not mm-hmm. it's the wrong movie. But so, yeah, so Ibit, Ibit do yeah. you have the, do you have a thing like? Can you describe the the theme that that they all have in common that makes them your guilty pleasure? You know, I was thinking about this. The um, I don't have any guilty pleasure movies that I can think of that are dramas. They're almost except for maybe an action film or two, because I think uh, uh, Con Air is an intentionally a comedy film. <laughs> but yeah. uh, uh, but for the most part, it's all comedies, like The Man Who Knew Too Little, uh, Bill Murray, uh, Hudson Hawk, a Blind Date. I don't, I, for whatever reason, if I feel like a drama, if I don't like, or if I feel like I shouldn't know, what's the word? What's the way, way, way to phrase this? If I like it it's probably a good movie because it's a drama as opposed to a comedy that is trying to make jokes and is trying to uh, put the characters in funny situations and failing um drama is just going to be drama did, I, did it make me feel something yeah then it's a good movie yeah interesting i hadn't thought of it that way um, but i think i kind of do that too i think i don't yeah. think of it that way unless i'm i'm trying to think of it <sighs> Actually, you're making a really good point here. If it's not yeah. genre, if it's not like a yeah. genre film dealing with science fiction or something else, science uh, or a fantasy or something, um, right. then and it's just straight drama. I don't know if I have any comfort drama. Yeah, I mean, do I laugh at Hudson Hawk? No, not at all. I don't. Think, I, may, I may crack a smile, but there's nothing in that movie that actually makes me laugh intentionally. Yeah, I think, yeah. You know, the the Sandra Bernhardt ball ball that stuff. You know, the, yeah. <laughs> the dog going out the window, but. Uh, uh, so it's much easier for a comedy to fail at being a comedy than a drama to fail at being a drama. Right. 
Are you surprised to learn that the man who knew too little is at 37% on RT? No, I'm not surprised at all. Cause I think that's probably regarded as one of Bill Murray's worst films. And I, <laughs> I don't know why that one. Okay. You know what? That one I'll laugh at. And I think it's, only because of Bill Murray. It's the Bill Murray could read the directions for a Ikea lamp and I'd still find it tremendously funny. Mm, yeah. Um, not the script, not the stuff they give him to do the, you know, the whole thing that he thinks he's, he's basically thinking he's doing some sort of uh, Michael Douglas, the game uh, thing through the whole, through the <laughs> yeah, whole film. It does. And, uh, uh, and it's just his delivery of his lines that is the funniest thing in that movie. Yeah, kind of. My, my example of that, your 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 Bill Murray there. My example of that is Kelsey Grammer in Down Periscope. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen it so many times. This I is could a I could great watch any example. Scene. Great example. Yeah, it's at eleven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Wow, I like I, that movie. <laughs> I feel like I feel like they're there shouldn't be anyone who would want to sit and watch down Periscope with me. They should all objectively say, no, that's a bad time. Yeah. You, you just go on by yourself. What was the Steve yeah. Martin one that was similar as based on, the based on two brains. No, or, it, was, uh, it was the similar thing where there it was based on, um, Oh uh, yes. Bilko. Uh, wasn't it Sergeant, Sergeant Bilko? Bilko. Sergeant Bilko. Yeah. Same deal for me. Sergeant Bilko is not a good movie. I know it isn't, but I don't care. Yeah. I will watch Sergeant Bill show right now. I don't think I've ever seen it or down Periscope for that matter. You've, You've never seen see, down Periscope. You should see you guys those. are always a good time. You've never seen yeah. that? I'm surprised you haven't seen that. Yeah. Sounds like your kind of thing. Right? <laughs> I have also not seen Sergeant Bilko. It is at 30% and I want to watch it right now. You should. It's great. It's Phil, one of Phil Hartman's last films. Uh, oh, well. He's in it. Plays an uptight dude in the, in the army. And I think, I think it's based on the, um, Got 50 bucks. That guy's old show, right? Oh, uh, Bert, uh, Borgnine. Borgnine, yeah. So I think, yes. I think that's what it's based on. It's so definitely based on old TV show. Was that the one that was Borgnine in, in Bilko? I think so. And that's, I, was thinking, I thought he was Mikhail's Navy. Oh, you know what? I might actually be confusing the two, and it's got nothing to do with it. Or maybe uh, Mikhail's Navy remake is also a dumb thing that I like. <laughs> there's a, there's a Mikhail's Navy uh, remake? I think so. <laughs> Now I'm confused. Maybe I've mixed all these together because down Periscope and that they all they all fit in the so, same stupid. Yes, yes, Brian. Mikhail's Navy is a 1964 Ernest Borgnine movie. Yeah, and then and the TV remake show. is Tom Arnold and Tim Curry in 1997. That's the one I'm thinking of. I also like that mm. stupid thing, and it's got to be horribly reviewed. There's no way that's good. I want you to know you've beaten me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You have come in under the postman finally. Uh, Mikhail's Navy. Mikhail's Navy is at three percent. Oh my gosh, oh, dude! Wow. So what? Well, that okay? There's the lesson in this. The lesson is, um, I like nautical, freaking dumb comedies about so, boats. Yeah. yeah. Why? What about uh, Battleship? Oh my gosh! <laughs> See, and I really liked Battleship, and that's also yeah. I know that's reviewed bad. It's got to be under. I'm gonna guess thirty-five percent. I'll give twenty. Guess. I'm giving it thirty-eight. I'll give it twenty. Let's give it 20. Where are we at, Randy? With the, This is the Taylor Kitsch, Alexander Skarsgård yes. movie that we sacked. That we yes. just watched a couple months or a few months oh, ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like a over a year ago, I think. Has it been, really? It's wow. been a bit of time. Yeah, it's, it's been yeah. a while. Anyway, it is at 33%. Oh, okay. A little higher wow, than I thought. Good job. That movie, the movie's all right. Two movies are, I suppose. I got some Rihanna problems in it, but, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, and Phil yes, Silvers, by the way, was Sergeant Bilko. The original uh, TV show. 
Oh, okay. Oh. Oh. I see. I've yeah. got them all mixed well, up. Oh. They're all oh. one thing. Everything about those we're in the Navy comedies. They're yeah. all the same thing yeah. to me. Yeah. I don't have any so, way to differentiate them at all. So I just want to ask again to Brian Dunaway, because you kind of ruled yourself out on cool. principle. And, and I think that's, I think it's a perfectly valid principle to stand on, but I'm just curious. Have you really not thought of any movies that you're like, I'm not going to show my significant other this. I'm just going to watch it by myself. Star Trek, the mm. next penetration. Well, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I know no uh, porn you know counts. I, I you know what I mean? Like, like, I, like I might would be judged based on liking a movie, kind of that, that kind of a guilt. Like, well, oh. like for in some cases, like with my significant other, there's just movies where I love them and I will sit and watch them, but I would never show them to her because she would hate the violence or the oh yeah well i mean yeah i mean i know what she doesn't like and so there's no sense in showing them to her i don't feel guilty i'm like i like these movies and it's like it's okay that you don't like these movies but uh yeah like all the like the friday the 13th movies i've never wanted to show her any of them because i know she hates uh like uh gore she hates gore so i'm like okay I don't ever want to show her those, but then me and Andrew, he wanted to watch the Friday, the 13th one, the first one. I said, okay. I said, but this is totally different. It's not like all the rest of them. The first one, uh, Jason's not even really in this. Not like you think he's like a little kid for like a, they'll show him for a minute, but he's not the bad guy in this one. There's, there's no Jason. There's no hockey mask, no nothing. And, uh, she actually came in near the end and she's like, oh, wow. I didn't know. I didn't know it was anything like this. And I was like, I said, yeah, it's got Kevin Bacon in it and stuff. And she said, oh, I wouldn't mind going back and watching that. And I was, I was shocked. But I certainly didn't feel guilty for watching it. I'll watch it wherever I want. Yeah, you do what you want. <laughs> yeah. You do what yeah. you want. Yeah. Right. But there's all kinds of stuff I don't watch with, in mixed company, but I think that's uh, maybe a different, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't think they'll like this. So, eh, no sense to I mean, I have a thing for they'll horror. Just, they'll I, just shit on it. I have a thing for horror <laughs> movies, like new and old horror movies. I think Dunaway's like this too. And I, I, yeah. Kim has no interest in watching most of the horror I'll watch. Yeah. Same yeah. with Tina. I can, I'm not going to get her to watch Megan or, uh, oh, Audrey uh, actually liked Megan. Any of those. Megan was awesome. Yeah. Megan, Megan was, was great. Awesome. I don't yeah. think there's a lot of gore in Megan, Megan though. Megan, I think, has the what about Bob problem, which is. Okay. <laughs> Okay. A lot of people don't know that uh, uh, Megan is a secretly a shitty cre- uh, creation. Right. That's and, hilarious. Uh, everybody- I love it. <laughs> Maybe not I quite the idea. what about Bob situation, but it's yeah. That's a fair point. I don't. I uh, I don't know what it takes to get. Like you know, Kim Kim uh, is super into. We've talked about this all the time. She's super into the holiday movies on Hallmark Channel and all that yeah. stuff. And they are yeah. objectively bad and terrible, and also samey and just not great. Once in a while, one may shine a little bit, but none of them are great. Right. And she knows this. She knows. <laughs> she knows this. She's not like going, Scott, these are great. You don't understand. These are some of the best television yeah. shows ever made or movies or whatever. And I'm just like, you know, I, I, I would obviously, well, we'd have to have a divorce if she felt that way. Um, right. No, but, but for real, like she loves them in a pleasure, guilty pleasure way. Right. It makes her, it gives her a kind of like, oh, it's the holidays and all this holiday shit and it's not good, but I don't care. And, you know, how many times can you watch Elf over and over? It's a great movie. Well, go watch this thing about a guy in a, who owns a wood cutting shop in a small town and a lady from New York came for to her visit, but now she falls in love. (laughs) City, yeah. (laughs) It's all the same. And she knows it. She knows this. And I think that's a really good way to look at it. You know, I know when I sit down with, some of these movies we talked about when I watch Jumper, I know I'm getting into something that is just, you know, 
by definition a, a bad film. Right. But I don't care. And maybe maybe Porky's is a true guilty pleasure because whenever I watch it, I'm like, I don't want to buy I'm watching this. This is you know, this is the only reason why it's important to me is because it was one of those first movies that uh, adult kind of movies I saw when I was a kid. So it holds yeah. uh, it holds a, a, a what, like a, a coming of age kind of a, a place for me. Uh, it was something that I would be, a, you know, as a mature adult. I'm like, well, that's objectively in poor taste. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> yeah. a really that's a really good example of right. a, a subset of guilty pleasure movies. But I like, bet the score is good. On no, How, no <laughs> the score is thirty three percent. Wow. Okay. Yeah, All right. So see. Oh, there we go. And right. I think the the reason for the low score is the same as your reason for not wanting to sit and watch it with your family, <laughs> because because I, a, a lot of viewers just don't they they don't think tit- titillation makes right. a good movie. You know. Right. Right, but it represents titillation uh, so much about about Porky's or things like it from that era. They represent, well, they represent our coming of age and this rebellion kind of, um, and so it does have value on that level. But I I can't imagine anyone ever going, oh, Porky's, that's a cinematic masterpiece, right? Did they changed everything, and they kind of did. They they allowed um, they allowed a lot of that kind of film to to come to, to fruition, right? So, yeah. I mean, oh, and, yeah. And, don't, don't you feel so like, I like had that hard R comedy, the 80s hard R comedies? I don't even know yeah. that exists without that success. You know? It's actually, it's a really interesting space because you're able to have success with those kind of things. Uh, and so people who are trying to break into the business might be to break in that way. Same with horror films. Horror films are always uh, pushing the boundaries, but they're really low budget. And it allows artists who might not have been able to get in through the main way, like Sam Raimi. I mean, come on. I yeah. mean, the Sam Raimi show and stuff. It's like, no, we don't want to see this. But then he brings out the evil dead and you're like, okay, well, oh, and this new little, you know, camera tricks you're doing and stuff. It's, it's an opportunity to, uh, you know, for, for the struggling oh, yeah. young. One, one of the, uh, Co- the Cohen brothers worked on porn sets to get going. Like he yeah, had to, yeah. he got to get start somewhere. So yeah. Then some ways you look at things like evil dead and you just, you're never going, oh, wow, the ultimate in cinema. But what you are saying is, oh, wow, look what these kids did with very yeah. little money yeah. and very little time. And that's and it, you know, it holds up in a weird way and it's campy in all these other great ways. And he's this huge director. It does like major motion pictures now. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I think we there's nothing wrong with celebrating this stuff, especially when it's like the beginning of something. Right. And for well, them, and- it's like the beginning of great careers and a whole a new kind of horror movie and and all that. And and you you might know someone who loves Evil Dead, and there's not a good reason for that. You know, they just they just love it and watch it over. And that's and that, I think that's a, a cornerstone of of a guilty pleasure, right? Like, right. there doesn't need to be anything. You know, like I, I was calling for you to mm-hmm. like examine your guilty pleasures and, and come up with a theme, but the theme could be it, it's an accident. It's a pure accident that I watch. And my best example of that ever. I just want to leave you with this. Uh, I, as you know, I really, really dislike the movie Revenge of the Nerds. I've only seen it yeah, one time yeah, yeah. with you guys on Film Sack. Uh, it's, uh, there's a lot of reasons to dislike mean. that movie. It's mean. Right. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if I, it was a guilty pleasure for me, it would, I would have some real guilt over it, but it's not. You know what is, right. what is a guilty pleasure for me? Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise, <laughs> which is at 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. I've seen that movie Ooh. a dozen times. Mm. I can't explain it. 
I have it's a, a pure accident that that as a movie I've seen so many times. Well, I, I feel Man. like it's it switched um, emphasis. The emphasis in the first one was mean. Like I think Dunaway said it yeah. really well. And the emphasis mm-hmm. in two was, hey, these lovable nerds are up to some hijinks, and it's no one's getting really hurt here. It's it's Police mm-hmm. Academy with nerds. Basically. There you go. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, in a lot of ways, Police Academy one is kind of mean spirited. It's yeah. kind of rude yeah. and 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 bigoted and not nice. Police Academy two and forward, they may not be good movies, but it's just a good old time with these characters we it like. The, exactly. Yeah. What, is, what is High Tower up to today? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's there's something to that. And I too. bet nothing. And I bet nothing after Police Academy one is <laughs> higher than twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I, I know for a fact. I know. I know this weird fact about Rotten Tomatoes that has to do with Police Academy, mm-hmm. and it's always stuck with me. It's the strangest thing. Um, none of them are above 57%. The first one's at 57%. The rest of them are below that. Oh, wow. But yeah. this is the weirdest thing. Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol. Police Academy 5, Assignment Miami Beach. Police Academy 6, City Under Siege. All three movies are at 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. score them? That's yeah, that, that's got to be a clerical error as opposed to... Uh, just nobody likes them. That nope. or, somebody no, else it is, it, like is, it is every review that is posted on Rotten Tomatoes is a negative wow. review. They're bad movies, but I <laughs> I, I kind say, of like them. Especially the do you I say there's make a the joke that, that whatever the number and the title is is what its score is on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be about right. But what uh, but like th- those movies, um uh what was I gonna say about it? They don't um oh I've seen them all. I've seen all of those, and I remember kind of having a decent time with it. Like, oh, here's yeah. a VHS rental of yeah. four. And Michael Winslow's still making those wacky sounds. And mm-hmm. uh, Murtaugh, and, or not Murtaugh, what's his name? The the two football players, um, Biscuit yeah. and Jim, whatever they are. <laughs> yeah. Did uh, those, you say Biscuit and Jim? Yeah. They, Biscuit they, and Jim. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, were, they were fun to watch. And, oh, you know, your names for stuff. Yeah. And the guy would that's you, always the... differently, though, if- Instead of renting it, if you had gone to the theater and paid money, good money to see it in the theater, well, that's a fair feel point. differently about it. I would good I, money. I, would, I don't know about. I it. would you, absolutely you knew do what that. you were getting into when you rented and brought it home. Hundred percent. May not have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was never a day one theater guy for me, and I think I think yeah. those were all theater too, right? Weren't they? Uh, at least the first three were four, yeah. or maybe four were, but I don't know if they just started going straight to video. Well, it surprises me that Gutenberg got to do anything else after that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I like so I like Steve Gutenberg, but the fact that he got to do Cocoon and got to do Three Men and a Baby and all that it feels almost like a miracle because, boy, you want to get typecast in a shitty series. Yeah. Make it Police Academy. There's another one. Yeah. What is it? Sharon High Spirits? Escaped. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. forgot she was even in there. Yeah. Well, uh, there you go. Our, our look, uh, our brief look at all things Guilty Pleasures. I'm really curious what listeners will say. So send us your emails, filmsack at gmail.com. Or you can uh, send us texts or uh, voicemails, 801-471-0462, and uh, lay into this topic. What do you think yeah. they're supposed to be? What are yours? Where are we wrong? Uh, let's, see some, let's see some discussion on the Patreon post. Yeah. I'm really, really interested in what people identify as their like number one guilty pleasure movie. Yeah. We have some porky stands out there. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's, and it's a safe space. From over <laughs> it's a safe space. Don't feel uh, afraid to tell us what your uh, hot garbage movie is that you like. And right, we, yeah. we right. will love you and accept you regardless. Even if it is Ski School, whatever. We oh still my love you. gosh, Ski School <laughs> up the creek. Yeah, <laughs> those two work for me though. You're describe you did yeah. a better job in the final waning moments of this episode. <laughs> 
in describing what a guilty pleasure is for me than anyone has so far. Hard bodies, yeah. Uh, nicely oh, done. Uh, yeah. That'll do it for us. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with our film coverage of the mighty movie. Uh, there it is, Thunderball. We're watching Thunderball. So come back for Thunderball. Get your James Bond on again. We're going through them all eventually. So, mm-hmm. well, the ones we haven't seen. And uh, we would like to have you here for that. In the meantime, filmsack.com. That'll do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. Not guilty. We'll see you next time. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.